Hello, my friend, and welcome to Wisdom Trek. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your guide to wisdom and creating a living legacy. Thank you for joining us for our five-day-per-week wisdom and legacy building podcast. Today is day 896 of our trek, and it is Wisdom Wednesday. Creating a biblical worldview is important to have a proper perspective on today's current events. But to establish a biblical worldview, it is required that we have a proper understanding of God's Word. Especially in our Western cultures, we do not fully understand the scriptures from the mindset and the cultures of the authors. In order to help us all have a better understanding of some of the more obscure passages in God's Word, we are investing Wisdom Wednesdays reviewing a series of essays from one of today's most prominent Hebrew scholars, Dr. Michael S. Heiser. He has compiled these essays into a book called, I Dare You Not to Bore Me with the Bible. We are broadcasting from our studios at the Big House in Marietta, Ohio. God is omniscient, which means that He knows everything before it takes place. But there are several passages in the Bible, though, that describe God consulting with His heavenly court, referred to as His armies in today's passage, and allowing their input in the means of a predetermined outcome. Today's essay explores one such incident, as we will focus on the Divine Arrow. To set the picture for today's essay, I will be reading 1 Kings chapter 22, verses 1-28. through 28. This is a lengthy passage, but I think it will help us to prepare for the essay. And here is God's word. For three years there was no war between Aram and Israel. Then during the third year, King Jehoshaphat of Judah went to visit King Ahab of Israel. During the visit, the king of Israel said to his officials, Do you realize that the town of Ramoth-Gilead belongs to us? And yet we have done nothing to recapture it from the king of Aram. Then he turned to Jehoshaphat and said, Will you join me in the battle to recover Ramoth-Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, Why, of course, you and I are as one. My troops are your troops, and my horses are your horses. Then Jehoshaphat added, But first let's find out what the Lord says. So the king of Israel summoned his prophets, about four hundred of them, and asked them, Should I go to war with Ramoth-Gilead, or should I hold back? They all replied, Yes, go right ahead. The Lord will give the king victory. But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? We should ask him the same question. The king of Israel replied to Jehoshaphat, There is one more man who could consult the Lord for us, but I hate him. He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. His name is Micaiah, son of Imlah. Jehoshaphat replied, That's not the way the king should talk. Let's hear what he has to say. So the king of Israel called for one of his officials and said, Quick, bring Micaiah the son of Imlah. The next section is Micaiah prophesies about Ahab. King Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah, dressed in their royal robes, were sitting on their thrones at the threshing floor near the gate of Samaria. All of Ahab's prophets were prophesying in front of them. One of them, Zedekiah, son of Kanaah, made some iron horns and proclaimed, This is what the Lord says, With these horns you will gore the Arminians to death. All the prophets agreed. Yes, they said, Go up to Ramoth-Gilead and be victorious, for the Lord will give the king victory. Meanwhile, the messenger who went to get Micaiah said to him, Look, all the prophets are promising victory for the king. Be sure that you agree with them and promise success. But Micaiah replied, As surely as the Lord lives, I will only say what the Lord tells me to say. 
When Micaiah arrived before the king, Ahab asked him, Micaiah, should we go to war with Ramoth Gilead or should we hold back? Micaiah replied sarcastically, Yes, go up and be victorious, for the Lord will give the king victory. But the king replied sharply, How many times must I demand you that you speak only the truth to me when you speak for the Lord? Then Micaiah told him, In a vision I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains like a sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, Their master has been killed. Send them home in peace. Didn't I tell you, the king of Israel claimed to Jehoshaphat, he never prophesies anything but trouble for me. Then Micaiah continued, Listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the armies of heaven around him, on his right and on his left. And the Lord said to his army, Who can entice Ahab to go into battle against Ramoth Gilead so he can be killed? There were many suggestions, and finally a spirit approached the Lord and said, I can do it. How will you do it? the Lord asked. And the spirit replied, I will go out and inspire all of Ahab's prophets to speak lies. You will succeed, the Lord said. Go ahead and do it. So you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of all your prophets, for the Lord has pronounced your doom. Then Zedekiah, the son of Keniah, walked up to Micaiah and slapped him across the face. Since when did the Spirit of the Lord leave me and speak to you? he demanded. And Micaiah replied, You will find out soon enough when you are trying to hide in some secret room. Arrest him, the king of Israel ordered. Take him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to my son Joash. Give them this order from the king. Put this man in prison and feed him nothing but bread and water until I return safely from battle. But Micaiah replied, If you return safely, it will mean that the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added to those standing around him, Everyone mark my words. And that will end the reading of the scriptures for today. So let's go on to the essay. Few characters of the Bible are as maligned for their wickedness as King Ahab of Israel. While Ahab's predecessors did evil in the sight of the Lord, Ahab had his own agenda. In 1 Kings 16, verse 33, we are told, He did more to provoke the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than any other kings of Israel before him. Ahab's rule included Baal worship, forbidden foreign covenants such as with Syria and foreign alliances when he married Jezebel, and then the murder of Naboth. As we read in 1 Kings chapter 2, the prophet Micaiah warned Ahab of his impending faith. But the prophecy we read was not a run-of-the-mill prophecy. It was mixed with a vision on how God came to his final details in his decision. A divine boardroom discussion, you might say. It was the difference between the yes-men of Ahab and Yahweh's man Micaiah. The twelve tribes of Israel had been split into two kingdoms for a century by this time. Ahab took the throne in 869 B.C., Ahab ruled the northern kingdom called Israel or Ephraim, which often fought against the southern kingdom Judah. After peace had ruled between Israel and Judah for three years, Ahab decided that he wanted to capture the city of Ramoth and Gilead from the Armenians. He asked Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, for military assistance. Jehoshaphat agreed to the battle for political reasons, but he went assurance that God was in the endeavor by summoning a known prophet of God. The 400 prophetic yes-men Ahab consulted endorsed the idea, but Jehoshaphat wanted another opinion. Ahab agreed to summon Micaiah, the prophet of Yahweh, 
though he openly admitted to hating him. The real prophet of Yahweh never had anything positive to say about the ungodly rule of Ahab. So let's look at the prophecy that was given. At first, Micaiah sarcastically told Ahab that God loved the plan, but Ahab saw through his mockery. Apparently, this was not the first time that he was sarcastic, as recorded in verse 16. How many times must I demand that you speak only the truth to me when you speak for the Lord? Micaiah proceeded to tell Ahab that he was about to meet his maker. So chances are good that he wanted Ahab to go through with the battle, knowing the end result. Rebuked by Ahab, Micaiah holds nothing back, revealing to Ahab and to us the inner workings of God's high counsel as we read above. The vision prophecy showed that God had decreed it was time for Ahab to die, but he allowed the members of his divine assembly to weigh in on Ahab's death. Nothing in this passage compels us to conclude that the omniscient God needed the input, but he did request it. Ahab's death was fixed and determined, but the Lord allowed the divine beings in his presence to decide the mode of his departure. This is consistent with other passages in the Old Testament, such as Daniel chapter 4, verses 17 through 26, where a decision from heaven is described as both a decree from the Most High and the decree of His High Council, referred to in Daniel as the Watchers or the Holy Ones who work for God. Despite Micaiah's warning, Ahab and Jehoshaphat go into battle. Ahab opts to disguise himself in this passage as an ordinary soldier, but the ruse fails him miserably. In 1 Kings 22, verse 34, tells how Ahab dies. And this is the verse. An Armenian soldier, however, randomly shot an arrow at the Israelites' troops and hit the king of Israel between the joints in his armor. Turn the horses around and get me out of here. Ahab groaned to the driver of his chariot. I am badly wounded. Ahab dies shortly after that. And in the larger scheme, we know that it was not a random arrow at all a part of the decision made by God with the input from His divine counsel. And that concludes our essay for today. Next Wisdom Wednesday, we will continue in the Old Testament as we look at Dr. Heiser's next essay titled, Promise Undelivered. I believe that you'll find this another interesting topic to consider as we build on our biblical worldview. Tomorrow, we will continue with our three-minute humor nugget that will provide you with a bit of cheer and will help you to lighten up and live a rich and satisfying life. So encourage your friends and family to join us and then come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 895 treks or read the Wisdom Journals, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. I encourage you to subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts so that each day's truck will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, Lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you tomorrow.